It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. Since 1993, Georgia has had a nationally recognized pre-K program funded by the Georgia Lottery that prepares four-year-olds for success in kindergarten. Children four years of age on September 1st of the current school year who are Georgia residents are eligible to attend Georgia's pre-K program. This year, we have over 83,000 students enrolled in over 3,800 classrooms around the state, both public schools and private child care centers. And, Commissioner, we also have a great team of around 34 consultants who visit these classrooms uh, throughout the year. We do, and as you said, we have 3,800 classrooms, so it's hard to believe that we only have 34 consultants that support 3,800 classrooms. So I think it'll be eye-opening for uh, our listeners to understand exactly what our awesome consultants do every day to support pre-K teachers. Yeah, we wanted to kind of take you guys through a walkthrough of uh, a Georgia pre-K classroom, and here to talk about Georgia's pre-K program is Judy Blassengame, Quality Support Coordinator, and Devin Porter, a pre-K consultant. Ladies, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, man. Thank you. So before we get to the topic at hand, we always kind of like to learn a little bit about the background of our DECAL team. And uh, Judy, how long have you been with DECAL, and what were you doing prior to joining us? I have been with DECAL for 10 years this August. Prior to that, I was a pre-K director for a program in Bartow County. Prior to that, I was a pre-K teacher, Mm. and I'm old. Prior to that, (laughs) I was a public school teacher. Okay, so quite a background in education. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you miss the classroom? There are days. (laughs) Uh, The day before uh, Christmas holiday is not one of them. (laughs) (laughs) But many days I miss the little ones. The interaction. I guess you still kind of get to get into the classroom. You're not in the field as much maybe now in your current position or do you visit? I actually am. Mm -hmm. Almost every day I get to hold someone's baby doll and I am offered pizza. That's great. (laughs) Benefits to the job right there. I didn't know that. Devin, how about you? How long have you been with DECAL? I am wrapping up my third year with DECAL. Um, prior to being at DECAL, I was in the classroom, public school. In uh, what grade? I've done, I started in first grade, straight out of college, and then I kept moving my way down. <laughs> I love the little ones. Yeah. They're so much fun. Did you end up uh, in a pre-K mm-hmm. setting? Okay. I did. And do you yes. miss the classroom? I do miss the classroom. I mean, like Judy said, it's not an everyday miss the classroom. And there's certain parts of the classroom that are so much fun. You miss those relationships with the kids. You miss the daily hugs. You miss the, for me, story time was my favorite time of day. I miss getting to read to children. But we find time to do that in our current job, too. They may not be kids that I know first name basis, but I still get hugs in almost every classroom I go into every day. (laughs) And they're strangers, but they're so sweet and they're so lovable. And um, if I'm lucky, I catch them at Music and Movement and get my cardio in or (laughs) Center Time where I get my hair done and get homemade jewelry (laughs) or um, even at Story Time when a teacher hands over the book. And I guess if you think about it, before you were maybe in one school, now your reach is much wider. Absolutely. So that's great. Yeah. Great perks for your job. You didn't know when you right. when you signed up for this that you would get such perks. Pizza <laughs> to uh, beauty. I know. Yeah. Or a hairstyle. <laughs> well, I think it is great, too, that they have, and many of our consultants, whether they're pre-K consultants or child care licensing consultants, had that experience um, in the classroom, which is, which is really nice. It helps you really support 
the teacher in the program um, the best that you can. So I think I feel like it's common knowledge that our child care consultants do visits twice each year, but I don't know if everybody knows how often our pre-K consultants make their visits. So talk to us about how often you all do your visits. We plan for two visits a year, but that number can grow substantially depending on the need of a program. So we try to uh, accommodate the needs when there are behavior problems that need our attention or a new teacher that needs some technical assistance, a new director. And does the pre-K year follow the K-12 through school calendar for the most part? For the most part, it does follow the local school system calendar. Mm -hmm. So, and that's uh, calendar-wise in terms of holidays and breaks as well. They kind of try to work that out so that private follows. Yes, 180 days of instruction for students and an additional 10 days of planning for teachers, just like the school system. But they do have the flexibility of kind of creating their own schedule as long as they stay within those guidelines of the required days. Mm. Um, We encourage programs to follow the school system just because, you know, when you have big families with siblings in the school system and you might be in a private center with the Georgia pre-K program, it would be hard if your, you know, siblings were out of school for something and you were going to Mm pre-K or vice versa. So it it helps families, I think, if we can try to coordinate as much as possible. Um, But yeah, they do have that flexibility. Definitely. So you're very lucky you're in a pre-K class almost every day. But for those of uh, our listening audience that don't get a chance or have never visited a pre-K classroom in Georgia, talk to to us about what they would see and hear when they enter a a pre-K class with four- and (laughs) five-year-olds. Organized chaos (laughs) is the term that comes to mind. A lot of activity. Teachers and students are engaged in discovery learning opportunities. Uh, students are actively engaged in music, movement, story time, acting out, literacy events. Yep, they're also working with um, shared and shared writing, modeled writing. The you know teachers are sharing the markers and sharing the pens, and kids are coming up and writing their name on graphs and charts to show what they like or you know contributing to classroom conversations. Um, just this morning, I was in a classroom where there was several children in the music center with cymbals and tambourines and I also had kids in the in a workshop for the construction theme that they were working on with battery operated tools we had drills and saws and all kinds of great stuff so and they were so engaged but it was absolutely so loud um but they all knew what was going on they could communicate with each other they were learning the names of new tools that they didn't even know about I actually learned some new things this morning that I didn't know about um, and you know they were holding up mallets and saying this is a heavy hammer and I'm like no that's a mallet this is like Thor and I'm like Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's just the way that they can um, explore all the different materials that we have in the classrooms that are specifically there for the purpose of them learning through play and having that hands-on opportunity to be tactile with the materials and and really explore things with as many senses as possible. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to give listeners kind of a visual. So you walk in the classroom. You call these centers that are all around, and they literally look like different aspects of life. Like there's a a kitchen in one area. Maybe something might look like what? An office maybe or something. Mm -hmm. It could be. There's usually a writing center that is set up with all the paraphernalia for writing, a library Mm -hmm. for the reading center. The science area could have any number of interesting items in it. Yesterday, I had a child show me the butterflies they are feeding Mm. uh, as caterpillars, and he said, but don't think it's going to build a 
cocoon because moths build cocoons. This is a butterfly. It will make a chrysalis. Oh, oh wow. wow. This is a pre-K student. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> I love that. And they're allowed to have um, some limit of animals in the room? I mean, I know a butterfly is not an animal, but I was in one. I won't give any names, but they had a rabbit, for example. Yes. Yep, the expectation is that there will be something living for mm-hmm. the children to care for. It can be an animal or it can be a plant. Okay. So you've got, I'm trying to remember now, 22 students in a pre-K classroom. That's a maximum of 22 students allowed. Is that an average number in the classes that you visit, Judy? 22 is the number every program strives for. Mm-hmm. Uh, 22 is the capacity for the class, and that is how they receive their funding on the number of students. Mm-hmm. And, and you're finding most of those are full? Or? Most of the programs mm-hmm. I serve are, have been full all year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Likewise. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. And so these 22 students and two teachers are there all day long, about how many hours? What are the standard hours that y'all, y'all see? Because it is a full-day program, It right? is a six-and-a-half-hour instructional day, and the teacher has to plan for every component of that six-and-a-half-hour day. Right. So they work on the lesson plans that cover a variety of components from story time to that center time we were talking about, the music and movement, the phonological awareness to prepare them for reading later on. Um, meal time, recess time, snack time, <laughs> two story times. Rest time. That's great. Yeah. Large group yeah. literacy. Yeah, that's a full day. The rest time, is that like a nap time? Yes. Okay. I always had trouble. But they don't have to sleep. They just have to rest. They just okay. rest their bodies. Right. I think teachers would prefer that they sleep. <laughs> yeah, if you could. I remember, I would sleep. you know, in, when I was in elementary school a million years ago in uh, first grade, they had nap time. I just, too much going on in my head, you know, to sleep and so much curiosity around. So that that's when interesting. When you're in pre-K, you don't want to take a nap, but now we all would like nap time. <laughs> we would take that. Could we trade that in <laughs> retro all yes. these years later? That would, that would be great. So walk us through kind of a standard pre-K visit for one of our consultants here at Bright from the start. They arrive at the, the location. How does that play out? Sure. Well, it really depends on what we're there to help the program with. Um, some visits can be 30 minutes long. Some visits can be can turn into a kind of an all-day thing that can last five hours. Um, just and you're depends not sure on, exactly? You're not always sure what exactly you're going to need to okay. do when you get there. Um, there are certain times, um, certainly times when program directors will call you and say, I really need help with you know, with Panda, or my teacher really needs help with lesson plans. Can you please come out and work with her? You know, so we will schedule a time. We'll go out usually during their rest time, so we're not disrupting them from their learning time um, or meet with them after school. But we, you know, we sit and schedule that time with them and and work one-on-one with them. Um, Otherwise, we're going out um, typically for a program visit where we're just kind of looking at a little bit of everything that the program is doing to make sure that they're in compliance with the grant. Mm -hmm. Um, So we might be looking at student files. We're looking at the monitoring that that the program is doing over the over the teacher in the room and things like that. Um, we're looking at the learning environment to make sure that they are keeping all the supplies, you know, stocked and they're available and accessible to the kids during the day, um, making sure that lesson plans are complete and they contain all the different requirements and the components that we're looking for. Because so we want to make sure that kids have as many opportunities as they can and with, you know, knowing that the classrooms are fully supplied and that they're able to get to things and that teachers are planned and ready for the day and that they're really thinking intentionally about what they want to experience with children and teach children and give them those opportunities. That's what we want to support. Mm -hmm. 
Do they meet you at the door? You said they kind of let you know ahead of time kind of what they're looking into. Do they meet you at the door with the crisis uh, of the day? <laughs> well, they typically don't know we're coming. Usually it's an unannounced visit unless okay. they happen to be in audit or they happen to call and say we need help with X, Y, or Z. Then we schedule it and they know that we're coming. Otherwise, it's just a it's just a pop-in unannounced visit. So mm-hmm. they never know when we might arrive. Um Typically when we get there, directors are, you know, someone is always greeting us. We always sign in. People know that we're there. Um, We're walked down to the classroom. A lot of times if it's a smaller setting, they know you know where to go. And they're like, oh, have fun, you know, Mm -hmm. and report back, you know. And we'll always meet with um, the director first, head down to the classroom, visit with the teacher. Um, I know personally I never like to leave a classroom without talking to a teacher, even if it means I say, will you give your assistant a book for a minute and let me talk with you? Mm-hmm. Um, as a teacher, I remembered having people come into my room and write things down and look at things and write things down. And I would always wonder, what are they writing? Am I doing something wrong? What's wrong? Right. What, what are they doing? Yeah. So I, I don't like to leave people in that position. So I always try to meet with them. And if, if I can't for some reason, I'll say, I'm going to email you this afternoon. And I'll do that because I think feedback is important. And we only get to go twice a year. Um, sometimes we get to go more, but Standardly, we only get to be there twice. So if you're going to see somebody only two times, you want to make the most of that time. So, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what are the qualifications for a pre-K teacher and an assistant teacher, which we know are equally important in that classroom? Well, Commissioner Jacobs, <laughs> those credentials are defined in our pre-K providers operating guidelines. There is a minimum of a four-year degree to teach pre-K. And the guidelines will break down how the pay is according to the degree. For an assistant teacher, they can have a CDA, a TCC, an associates. There are some assistant teachers who also have a bachelor's, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't impact their pay that they have a bachelor's. Right. Now, Judy, you said you had been here 10 years. Yes. Have we always required the bachelor's degree? No, we have not. Uh, The first few years uh, that I worked with pre-K associates was the the minimum credential. And there were a few teachers who were grandfathered in when we required the four-year degree who had the associates. There are very few of those remaining. Mm -hmm. It shows the importance that we place on quality early childhood education within the pre-K setting, um, and they are so important, both the teachers and the uh, assistant teachers. What about training for um, these groups? What kinds of training do we provide? Best practices through Georgia State University um, contracts with us for training. Each teacher and each assistant teacher have two days of face-to-face training along with some podcast on their topic of study for that year. And that's every year. They're required to attend two days of training every year. It can be on a variety of subjects. New teachers have new lead teacher training, which is about getting started, classroom management, assistant teachers is very similar. And then once they pass out of the new stage, they it can be on things like um, center time, language and literacy. Uh, they, we did a really great one this year on Marvel of Writing. Mm, mm-hmm. We need to require that they listen to Decal Download. <laughs> I was just thinking, that might be a great way to pick up more listeners. So. It's a pre-K teacher requirement. Right. I'm sure, they would <laughs> exactly. that. Yeah, I'm sure they'll listen to this one. I because, hope so. Yes, absolutely. Well, I would say in Georgia, we're so fortunate that we have pre-K in every single county, um, mm-hmm. both public and private and Head Start. So what's your advice on for families on how they should find a pre-K class for their child in their area? If they are looking for a Georgia pre-K class, they can call one eight seven seven all georgia kids 
and they can help you? They can. They can, will direct you by county. Oh, great. And you can also go to our website. Right. Yes. Do a little search there. Do you find that people want um, to have their pre-K class closer to home, or is there, you know, any indication that they might like having that place closer to work so that they could – I think about the commutes in Atlanta. Mm-hmm, that's true. Do you know anything about the pretty feedback? I see both sides of that. Mm-hmm. Right. There are many families who want their child to attend in the school zone where their other children are attending. Mm-hmm. But then there are others who may work several miles away from their home, and they want their child near them during the day. Right. Mm-hmm. You recapture that time. I'm not trying to tell you how to parent, but you really could <laughs> recapture a lot of time in that commute. Let's talk about waiting lists. I, I guess we can't really talk about Georgia's pre-K program without talking about in some parts of the state uh, there are waiting lists. How are we doing, and uh, is it everywhere, or is it just in certain areas? That's hard for us to say because we work in certain areas, so we don't know about, you know, the whole state. Um, I work right here in Metro Atlanta, and I know a lot of my programs have a waiting list that they use to help fill their spots and to give as many kids the opportunity um, to participate in the program as possible. Um, Families can choose if they like to be added to a waiting list if a spot is not available at that time. They can choose to be on multiple waiting lists for multiple places they might want to go. Um, And then if a child is to withdraw for whatever reason, they're moving or whatever it might be, then the program has that waiting list to go back to and and start making phone calls so they can help another family have a spot. And the, mm-hmm. the waiting list can exist anywhere there are more children who register than there are slots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Good to keep in mind this time of year particularly because I guess we're right in the middle of registration yes. time now right. for next school year. For next year. So I'm hoping you can clear up some confusion that I know we get pretty often mm-hmm. either on social media or phone calls. So we know pre-K is paid by lottery dollars, but we also hear about programs holding lotteries for children to attend. And I think this kind of goes back to the slots and demand issue, but how does that work? <laughs> some school systems and some privates too will collect registration paperwork for a period of time. And then on a specific day, they will draw for the number of slots to be filled. Mm -hmm. There are many, many programs, um, especially in private facilities, that are first come, first served. All right. Well, we are in the middle of registration time, so if you want more information, by the way, those uh, dates are decided by the local uh, programs. Mm -hmm. A lot of people call us and say, when is registration time? It varies. Your mileage may vary (laughs) in pre-K. So check with your local school system. But as Judy said, you can call uh, 877-ALL-GA-KIDS. Go to our website at qualityrated.org and uh, decal.ga.gov. And uh, there's a search there for Georgia pre-K classes. You can also uh, reach out to our pre-K consultant of the day. That's Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., and it rotates among uh, all of our pre-K consultants. So you never know. You might talk to Devin one day. (laughs) Tomorrow. Uh, Okay, tomorrow. (laughs) Um, That's going to throw people off. But anyway, um, it's 404-656-5957 and ask for the pre-K a consultant of the day. Before we totally wrap, I just have to ask both of you in your day-to-day um, journeys in the Georgia pre-K classrooms, what's the favorite part of your day? Oh, being inside the classroom. Being in the classroom is hands down the best part of my day. To the point where I come home and my own child's like, Mommy, what did you see today? Tell me what they said. <laughs> he loves it. Oh, that's great. The stories are so fun. Yeah. Interacting with the children mm-hmm. by far. Yeah. 
Um, and I guess encouraging the teachers too, Devin, you hit on something where you said, I always try to talk to the teacher. I think right. that's so important. And just having that contact, maybe it's just to have an email that they can write to, uh, to try to get a little feedback. So once okay. you make that connection, and I, I assume over the years, you begin to kind of know these people. Absolutely. Directors and yep. teachers and assistant teachers. So um, I was talking to Becky Hayden the other day. She had a great story. You were talking about the centers. She had a student that is in medical school right now. She, uh, he was one of her pre-K students came back to her to visit the class and said, you know where I first discovered I might want to be a doctor was in one of these centers when he picked up a stethoscope. And it fascinated him. That stayed with him all those years, and now he's in medical school. So you really are helping shape the future. Uh, And uh, we so appreciate Georgia's pre-K teachers, but we also definitely appreciate our pre-K consultants. So thank you guys for being with us today. Absolutely. Thank you. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, this is Sarah Johnson with the Decal Foundation, and my question for the commissioner is, of all the celebrations that we have throughout the year at Decal, the birthdays, State Employee Recognition Week, holidays, what is your favorite celebration that we do here at Decal? Well, thanks, Sarah. So I think um, as I, I think I have two actually. Uh, so the activity challenge that we do in May—that's always a fun month—and then the celebration that we do to award the top the top number of steps and activity uh, performers. I guess we call them. That's always fun to do in June. And then you know we do have our state employees recognition week where we do a lot of different activities. But because I like cake. Um, I really like Cake with Callie. Right. That's one of my faves, too. I got to say, Spirit of Decal Awards. Oh, gosh. Well, you can't show me up, Reg. Well, I'm just, I mean, it's not really an event. Okay. It's just all something right. that yeah. I'm. That is also very exciting. Right. Yes. Just to see them surprised, yes. I think, is my favorite part and the recognition that they receive. Yeah, so. I love that. I do love that, too. Mm-hmm. Time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. You know how it works. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to this question. Email your response to decal download at decal.ga.gov. Here's the question. How many pre-K classrooms are there in this 2018-2019 school year? How many pre-K classrooms are there in this 2018-2019 school year? Answer that question correctly. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers and award a prize. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.